What's going on, everybody? I'm Mike. I'm Cody. We are the Turntable Teachers. And class is in session. So, Cody, it is finals week. It is, it is. It's a crazy time of year, you know. I gotta round up everything and make sure everybody gets their grades and knows yeah. what happened throughout the course of the year. <laughs> why, don't you, uh, why don't you let them know what we have uh, coming towards them today? So, today we got a special episode, alright? The next two episodes are gonna be our finals week, which are our lists, our year-end lists. So, these are our top 10 albums mm-hmm. of 2018. 10 albums from me, 10 albums from Cody. Could be some overlap here. Probably. I, Probably would, expect, I would expect at least Probably a couple. will be. Hopefully not like a perfect 10 for 10, but <laughs> if anything, that would be impressive. There could be some overlap. <laughs> um, so before we get to that, we're going to give you guys 10 albums each as well that made our honor roll or mm-hmm. our honorable mentions. Yeah. So these are albums that didn't quite make our list, but we thought were worth mentioning that we really enjoyed this year. If we had made a top 20 list, I mean, we, oh, we, we could talk about this forever, number one. Yeah. But number two, if we did a top 20 list, these albums would definitely be Yeah, there. these are the ones that just... Should like at least earned a spot to be talked about because they're good, you know. Yeah, just missed the, our list. So I'll rattle off my first, my ten honor rolls here. Okay. Um, my first honor roll is gonna be, and these are in no particular order. Yeah. My top ten will be in order. These albums are not in any particular order. My first one is Father John Misty's mm. God, God's favorite ch- uh, customer. Uh, late bloomer on this one. I didn't really yeah. listen to this as much as I should have throughout the year. I kind of came onto this a little bit later. Indie rock. Uh, love the chord progressions and melodies here. The vocal performances from Father John Misty are incredible. Definitely go check this one out if you like indie, instrumental, sort of singer-songwriter stuff. Uh, Leon Bridges, Good Thing. Came on to this a little bit later as well. Love the vocal performances. Uh, the jazz and country influences all over this thing are fantastic. So if you like jazz, definitely go give this one, or more R&B soul, give this one a listen if you have not. J. Cole K.O.D. Mm-hmm. Uh, great a great album. I thought this was uh, his most conceptual to date. It was moody. It was melodic. Love the social commentary. The beats are smooth and layered. Really, really nice album. Didn't quite make it to my top 10, but I loved it. Um, Lil Wayne, The Carter Five. To form, yeah. He really returned to form. Um, I think it, well, I thought it was his best since the Carter Three, in my opinion. It was a bit long. There was some filler swing, yeah, swing and miss cuts. Issue, yeah. yeah, yeah. This was the, for me, Side note: This was the year of the short album. I think. I think that everyone's kind of getting used to it now. Like no yeah. one, no one has time to sit there and listen to twenty-five songs. Well, there's so much music to <clears throat> consume nowadays. So I think yeah. that it, a lot of that kind of pertains to the short album. It really helps the, you know, the get the best songs out there. Exactly. You know? So anyway, uh, the Carter Five had some really nostalgic uh, sounds to it, and I loved so many of the tracks mm-hmm. here. But again, there was just some filler. It didn't quite make my top 10, but definitely one that I had to shout out because I thought this was such a great comeback from Wayne. Yeah. My next album is Reasons There You Have It. I don't know if I've heard this one. So this is uh, the new TDE signee. Okay. From Kendrick Lamar, his, uh, you know, his, his label. label yeah. And that label. Um, this is his debut project and got a great West Coast uh, vibe to this. His lyrics aren't very uh, metaphorical. They're a little more direct and just in your face. Yeah. He kind of reminds me more of like a schoolboy Q. Okay. In that kind of way. But he, listen. it was focused. It was cohesive. Uh, there's some really great tracks here throughout. Definitely go give this one a listen if you like West Coast hip hop. Something is a little bit more diverse and a little bit more uh, direct. Yeah. Definitely go check that one out. Travis Scott's Astro World. I loved this album. Um, I think his evolution as an artist and his rapid popularity are both undeniable. Yeah. And it's through this this release. 
was admittedly my top 10 for a while. It actually just just fell out mm -hmm. as I kind of finalized this. It, maybe if you asked me in a week, it would be back It'll in the be top back 10. In, yeah, as those but things usually go. As this goes, exactly. <laughs> uh, the production was just top notch. Um, I'm sure you've all have heard it, but if by chance you missed Travis Scott's Astro World, listen, go give it a listen. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, Kids See Ghosts, mm -hmm. uh, the Kanye West and Kid Cudi collaborative album. Uh, Kanye's really solid throughout doesn't blow me away often besides a few memorable moments but Cuddy's strong return back to form is really what brought this gravitated me towards this album since I was such a Cuddy fan growing up and there's this particular track that I won't talk about here I'll talk about it in our top songs yeah spoiler uh, spoiler, spoiler alert I'll talk, I'll talk about <laughs> it in our top songs list in the next episode mm -hmm. uh, so I won't give too much away about that but just love how tight this was and again like we talked about the short albums this year uh, really kind making of, a killing yeah making a yeah. killing the short albums reigned supreme this year in my opinion That's so for sure. if you hadn't given this one a listen check that one out if you like experimental hip hop um, Anderson Pax Arx and Oxnard I have on my honorable honorable mentions go listen to our review on episode one if you have not I'm not going to go sit here and talk about it again yep. uh, I will just say that Anderson evolved as an artist and it's hard not to love this lesson yeah. um, as much as you know we, as like almost comes across with all of his songs you know yes it's like you can feel it yes as we agreed it wasn't exactly um it wasn't exactly malibu but it was but it's hard to be malibu hard to be malibu still good enough to make a top 20 list if i were to have a top 20 mm -hmm. but regardless honorable mention push a tease daytona is also making an on, on my honor roll i know this was critically acclaimed i can easily see why this is at the top of a lot of people's album of the years again yeah. i bringing it back to like the tightness of it how there's not really any filler tracks. It's really sonically diverse. I feel like Pusha sounds as comfortable and confident as he ever has. Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate the quality. The only reason I think I was on the outside looking in is was I didn't play it as much as I did in the, as the other top 10 albums that yeah. I have. This is really the only thing with that. And I can yeah, there's see only like one or two tracks on here that I really found myself listening to again. Exactly. But I do love this album as a whole. Oh, absolutely. And um, again, not quite top 10, but definitely right would, be, would be a top 20. It would probably be the lower part of the top 20, but I can see why conceptually this would be a lot in a lot of people's top 10s or even top one. Yeah. Um, and then the last album I'm going to have on my honor roll for this year for 2018 was Freddie Gibbs is Freddie. Not a whole lot to say about this. If you just like bangers with some <laughs> actually good lyricism, that's a like that's a rarity. That's a rarity. Trap you know. banger after banger. Check this stuff out. It's just a just so much aggression <clears throat> and personality. A lot of raw lyricism. Um, the older hip hop heads will adore this kind of trap. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the, something for everybody. Like touches on something that everybody will kind of be a fan of. Yes, you know? if you're a hip hop fan. Like this is just again nothing like super lyrical here. But I just in I found myself coming back to this album constantly this year. Fair enough. So again, so that's my honor roll. All right. Well, so I mean. There actually was a little bit of overlap, no so um, I won't talk about these three albums as much, but also on my honor roll, I had Daytona from Pusha T, I had Kids See Ghosts, Kids See Ghosts, and I had uh, the Anderson Pack albums. I mean, I Which think... Which we reviewed. So exactly. Again, you not, wanna hear, not much to say about that. Right. That like, we already haven't said. Exactly. <laughs> like, you want to hear more about it, then go and listen to that episode. I mean, the usual things you can talk about are, like, the charisma coming out and has, uh, like, great hooks, some memorable lines, some really good vocal tones. But, you know, again, we said it wasn't really quite Malibu. Uh, Daytona, I think you really kind of summed it up really well with it sounded, like, really passionate and straightforward. Mm -hmm. And it was like he had a goal and a purpose for what he was making these songs for. And it really comes across. It was really tight. There was, like, no fat or excess on the project. 
But again, I, I didn't find myself listening to it a ton. And Kids See Ghosts, I think you kind of said it the best that it was Cuddy getting back to what everybody pictures in their minds. Exactly. Of like that like man on the moon, old school, what everybody almost went through like high school with type Kid Cuddy. Um, but so aside from those three albums, the next on my honor roll is uh, John Bellion with Glory Sound Ooh. Prep. It I, honestly it hurt. It hurt to not let this in the top ten. Um, I I shouldn't be mentioning it now, like it's far down my honor roll. But I guess the order doesn't matter. But I don't know. It's just all the songs are so catchy. They're so smooth. There's replay value to it. It almost feels like it has everything. And while I'm talking about it, it almost makes me want to put it back into the top ten. But I don't know. I, I felt like it maybe I'm it biting wasn't, my tongue right now, Cody. I'm yeah, biting my I'm, tongue. I'm not saying too much, just so I'll <laughs> I'll leave I'll leave that up because uh, I have a feeling that you're going to be talking about that a little bit uh, possible soon. <laughs> so I'll leave a little bit to be said there. But great album, love it, super catchy. Next on my list is a relatively uh, unknown band, at least for me called Super Organism. They, uh, they had a self-titled come out, uh, so also called Super Organism. They're a really kind of lo-fi, dirty, indie, weird type group. Uh, someone described them as the sound of millennialism, which somehow fits. I don't really know what that means, but it just made sense. They're weird in all the best ways possible. So I would give them a listen. There's a NPR Tiny Desk, too, where one of them plays a bucket of water. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's always something to check out. Sweet. <laughs> Next up, I have uh, MGMT with Little Dark Age. See, I didn't listen to this album, but I've heard it was very good. I was such a fan of this album. It was just it because there wasn't quite enough songs that I was going back to and re-listening. There is one that I listened to a ton uh, that made it onto my top 25 songs of the year list. But the album itself just misses uh, making it. It doesn't really have those like electric feel or kids type big hit songs, hmm. which is I feel like maybe what kept it out of my top ten. Okay, but no, like a really solid indie rock album um, that I think most people would probably enjoy. Uh, next up, I have Avondale Bowling Club with their self-titled Easy as well. Dudes. Um, see, I I don't have a ton to say about this because I feel like just describing it as old school, kind of like '90s sounding, like the roots of hip hop style. Almost does it justice. I, if you're trying to listen to something that's going to take you back to like when you're first listening to rap and hip hop, this is probably it. The next two albums I have, I sort of almost relate to each other in the sense that they're both noisy as hell. But first, I have Death Grips, Year of the Snitch, some some noise I love that rap. Album. Absolutely incredible. It's uh, really experimental, as everyone kind of expects out of Death Grips. I would say that this is probably their least hip hop inspired album to I would date. Agree. This is I would it was agree. out there. I liked um, this album. Uh, again, it wasn't enough for me to even make it an honorable honorable mention or an yeah. honor, honor roll, as we're calling it. Yeah. Um, but I did love this album, and um, there were a lot of tracks that I personally as well felt that were really, really solid. Yes. Yeah. Like, I think there was one called Streaky, and that uh, mm. we were even just listening to not that long ago. That, that, track, that track is awesome. But going right from the noise rap into some noise rock, there is Daughters with the album You Won't Get What You Want. Um, Fantano, I'm pretty sure, gave this his number one album of the year. I, I couldn't he quite did. get into it as much to be a number one, but I can definitely see where he's coming from, where this is very experimental. It's really kind of pushing the boundaries of the types of rock that we've heard, almost in the same way that like The Money Store was pushing the boundaries of hip-hop that I had heard before. So I definitely can give them some respect for that. They have a big wall of sound type feel to them, so check the uh, check that out, Daughters. Uh, and lastly, I have a English punk rock uh, group called Idols with their album Joy is an Act of Resistance. I can't really talk about that 
instrumentation all that much because it's pretty straightforward as far as I guess English and Brit punk is concerned it's mm-hmm. got the guitars it's got the drums got the bass it's all kind of restrained until they need it to all come bashing in all at once the thing that I really liked about this was actually the song topics because normally in punk you think like yeah like screw the man all anti-establishment and everything this had a lot of really deep topics that they they touched on like there was stuff about toxic masculinity there was love and self-care talking about like immigration and the whole brexit ordeal that's going on across the pond so it was really nice to hear some depth in the lyricism to what most people would kind of write off as a punk album i Mm -hmm. guess that about wraps up my honor roll it's about time to just go right into the top 10 is it top 10 time i think it's top Top 10 10 time. time All right, so for this, we will go back and forth. So mm-hmm. I'll give my top, my my number 10 album. You'll give your number 10 album and yep. vice versa. So we'll, so I'll, I guess I'll start off here uh, with my number 10 album of 2018. ASAP Rocky. Okay. Testing. Wow. I did not expect that. Uh, me neither. Super slept on album, I feel like, this year, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I even slept on it at first when it first came out. But towards the back end of the summer, I really started to listen to this album and really dive into it. Yeah. And my God, was I floored uh, mm-hmm. at the creativity just of this album. A lot of these beats are super minimal, minimalistic. But ASAP, what he does with his production in terms of the way that, again, the way he flows over a lot of these tracks, it's really quite amazing. Like, mm-hmm. you have to really give it... A cup, an honest couple of listens before it clicks. At least for me, there were just so many amazing tracks. It has one of my favorite tracks of the year on it. I won't mention that right that one right now because um, don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil yeah. my you know top songs. But um, Buckshots mm-hmm. was one of my best bump in the whip tracks. Here, like I constantly was playing. It's this a great in the car. year for those types of songs. Oh too, my I gotta god, say. great year. I love that track, Brother Man with French Montana. I love the production on that one. Again, one of my favorite tracks of the year. Mm-hmm. The progression is amazing. The vocal cadences and effects are just so creative on that particular track and also throughout the whole album. The key and the vocal sample on the, that Brother Man song is just fantastic as well. And then he's got a really great guitar ballad on here with uh, The Kids Turned Out Fine, which is, again, one of my favorite tracks like of the year. I didn't make my list. Um, I'll explain why on the next episode, but just amazing, amazing song. Filled with just so many incredibly produced songs, um, it, it might possibly be his best album in my opinion. After like really no looking kidding. back on it, and it was one of those albums where, as I was really crunching down this list, I had it on the outside looking in, and I just went back to the track list and I said to myself, "I was like, I love almost every song on this album. Mm-hmm. I really, really do." And uh, I really just felt like it needed to be in the top ten. And it's just as far as how much I I played my this song, this album, excuse me. Um, I don't know how you know how you structured your top ten. I sort of gave it like seventy five percent replayability, twenty five percent like how really good is the album? You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's how kind of how I weighed it. I had something um, sort of similar going on. Yeah, where, like if the artistic statement was really just up there, then that was going to outweigh how so, much yeah, I listened to it. I, yeah, that's kind of how I sort of created this list, and I just yeah. felt like the creativity. It's just, these beats are just so weird. A lot of these beats are I think so that's why out a lot there. of people didn't like it, too, because they like were like, oh, ASAP Rocky, we kind of almost know what to expect. And then they heard this album, and it was not really what you would be looking for going into it right off the bat. And I think that's what took away from it for a lot of people, almost myself included. I think I kind of fell victim to that. Okay. And I probably didn't listen to it enough to kind of let it get that replay value for Dude, me. I'm telling you, once this thing clicked, it was hard for me to not come back to it all yeah. year long. And some I'm of the kidding. songs I really like, like I said, like Buckshot's, kids turned out fine just some oh brother man as i mentioned yep. as i was talking about a lot more in depth that track's fantastic 
So again, ASAP Rocky testing is my number 10 album for this year. I just loved uh, what ASAP did. So my number 10 was uh, one that actually just kind of snuck its way on very, very recently. It is a uh, trio group called Boy Genius with their self-titled Boy Genius. The group is three indie singer, songwriter, musicians, uh, Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Dacus. Dacus, I honestly am not sure if that's a hard or a soft C in the middle there, but oh well, I'll figure that out. But so they're all kind of known individually for being really kind of lo-fi indie artists with the more like melancholy sound appeal where it's kind of like the sad aesthetic, I guess, especially Julian Baker. I've been a fan of her for a couple years. I never would have imagined the three of them coming together, and I really wonder how it came about. I had seen all of them do uh, NPR Tiny Desk sets before, and was a fan of all of them and thought they sounded similar, so I wonder if there was something there where they like pieced them together. But so they teamed up, put out an album, and all of the sounds and things that they're known for individually, they bring out in each other so well. Because where one of them might not be the best, like lyricist or other members of the bands can kind of pick up the slack there and help writing these lyrics. And if one person wants to make a more sentimental song, they all have this big pool of experience. Every single one of them, you can feel how personal it is. And it's almost like they're just really retelling the honest and true things that have happened throughout the course of their lives. Hmm. And what really kind of set it apart for me, and I don't know if this is kind of cheating or not, but they did a live set uh, for Pitchfork. I forget where it was. I think like Brooklyn Steel or something. Hmm. All of them did an individual one of their most recent album. And then Boy Genius did it top to bottom of their album. And my God, like the the live versions of these songs are what kind of sold me on it. There's uh, one song especially called Me and My Dog which I'll ruin right now, is going to end up being on my top songs of the year, <laughs> where uh, Phoebe in the original recording is kind of farther back in the mix, and you can't really hear her belting like the highest note harmony. But I, I don't know if they did it intentionally or if the guy working the sound kind of screwed up and they left her vocals really high up, but you can hear her just like ripping these really high notes and like screaming in the background, like mouth wide open and everything. So... I don't know, it's just kind of the passion, the songwriting, and those indie f sounds that I'm really particular to that blew me away with this album. Awesome. So pretty, pretty unknown, but I would give this to give this a listen, guys. Boy to, genius. I'm gonna have to check this one out because I didn't, I didn't check this one out either. Awesome. Uh, okay, number nine tracks. All right, what do you got? 29. Uh, excuse me, 2018. Yes. 2018. So again, we mentioned a little earlier the year of the short album. Yep. Here's this album that I thought was way too short. This is like my only gripe mm -hmm. with this album is how short it was. Yeah. Vince Staples, FM. So good. My God, I love this album, Cody. Oh, my Lord. Again, like I said, almost too short. Mm -hmm. But I, I love how tight it is. And I think that's what really makes it so great. Um, it's, it, had, it had very little room for error. Yeah. And I thought Vince delivered on every second of this album. Like, there's not a moment here where I was like, eh, get rid of it, or I don't know if I'm I'm loving this part. Yeah. Every song I freaking loved. I just love the concept, too, of we live in such a day and age where radio is now no longer something that's really listened to a lot. Like, we're all listening yeah. to our own playlists. We're listening to Spotify. We're listening to Apple Music. We're listening, we're listening to, to podcasts. Podcasts, exactly. <laughs> Radio's not something that's as big as it once was. And I love the concept of this, the, how he kind of laid it out as a radio station. Yeah, like even the I, beginning, flipping the like, channels and yes, stuff. Yes, I thought it was so dope. 
there's just so many West Coast bangers throughout. Don't get chipped with uh, J Rock is a great song. Oh, fantastic song. But I also thought, yeah, so I thought a lot of these song, um, tracks, like even Relay, uh, had such a dark, haunting beat. Really, like, just like one of those trap bangers. I really thought he had a lot of really mainstream appealed songs which played into the FM concept or the radio concept. Yeah, something you would actually expect to hear. Exactly. But also, I felt like he really brought a lot of... He delivered a lot of messages as well with this album and a lot of social messages. Um, I loved Tweakin' with Kehlani. That was a highlight for me on this one. Yeah, man, I I love this. I love this project. I I freaking love it. The more you talk about it, the more I'm thinking, why didn't this make it onto my list somewhere? It's (laughs) so good, man. I can't come up with a good reason why I didn't uh, didn't throw it on. Yeah, so in front of me, number nine, Vince Staples, FM. Really great, tight, 10-track, 22, 24-ish minute album. Yeah. It's really quick. Go check it out if you've not checked this album out. It is phenomenal. Well, to kind of play right off of the short albums, my number nine kind of follows suit because I have Earl Sweatshirt with some rap songs. And I have a feeling that you'll probably have some things to say about this as well. It's on my list. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's yep. on my list. <laughs> shocker, shocker. Shocker. Um, but yeah, so former Odd Future Wolfgang rapper comes back. It was three years since we've last uh, really heard anything from, from Earl when uh, he released... Uh, that really long acronym, I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside, which was one of my favorite albums of that year. That came out, what, in 2015, I think, or something like that? I think like it that? was 20... I want to say 2015 or 2016, was, one yeah. of those. It, so it was either two or three years ago, and I really did like that album because it was really like dark. And man, did, if I thought that was dark, this kind of took it a whole new direction. Oh, for like sure. The, the lyricism in this was... Probably his most introspective, I think, I've heard from Earl so far. Easily. There was even lines where I think he even said, like, I'm still trying to refine this shit. He's almost admitting that he's saying some really deep stuff that people probably aren't going to really know what to do with. And he doesn't know what to do with it either. So he's like, all right, I'll figure out how to refine it eventually. But for now, I'm just throwing it all at you in this off-the-walls, sporadic, experimental, crazy album like, I don't know what else I can even say about What'd this. you think of the production on this album? Because I thought that was, like, one of the biggest, like, glaring points for me. Well, was it, was, it was so... I'm curious to hear your input. It was so in-your-face the whole time, which I really liked, because I felt like a lot of his older production habits were kind of the more, Strip like, back. restrained and lo-fi, and it let him do his kind of, like, low-beat, off-the-bar, like off the kind of MF Doom-style delivery. But now he's almost coupling both of them together, saying, okay, my delivery is going to be confusing and my production is going to be confusing. Good luck figuring this album out. And man, it's been fun, like listening to it top to bottom and just seeing what you can pull out of it with each new listen. And I honestly believe even I probably still don't have a full understanding of what this album's goal was, what some of the lyrics mean and everything. And I'm pretty excited to keep diving through it. Number nine, Earl Sweatshirt, some rap songs. Uh, so num- what do you got for number eight? For number us? eight. Let's see. So it's crazy. I have a Dreamville artist at number eight, but it's not obviously J. Cole because he made my honor roll. A Dreamville artist that I've liked for a long time, yep. and I really liked his albums in spurts, and I liked his, a lot of the songs that he's put on albums in spurts, but I've never felt like he really fleshed out a legitimate project. I'm talking about Boss's Milky Way. That actually had me thinking thinking J.I.D. for a little bit, so I'm not going to lie, you had me going. Later. 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 <laughs> later. Save it. <laughs> 
basically all of mine are like like, like spoiler alert. Yeah. Like, you, you've basically brought time. up all my freaking top five sorry, Forgot, sorry. I'm just kidding it's totally <laughs> fine you, you know I'll have a lot more to still say so yeah Boss Milky Way Dreamville Artist uh, again another album that was really slept on that not a lot of people like I felt like really took a look into this year I think he drops his most sonically versatile and impressive release to date this is like his best album mm-hmm. by far most flushed uh, out oh my god for sure and just I love how layered and ver- like I said versatile this album really is it has a couple of really awesome bangers with Tribe with J. Cole which is a fantastic song Boca Raton oh my god I love that song I was listening to that song all summer long with ASAP Ferg and it has some really amazing smoother cuts with some infectious hooks uh, just like on the track PDA I loved PDA in terms of how he's talking about how this girl that he's talking with wants to talk to her, uh, him until his her phone dies and he's sort of feeling that same way but he's not sure if it's you know, uh, healthy because yeah. of how in connection they are all the time, constantly. And so he kind of just was talking about a lot of the social issues that we have. Yeah. Well, that's in, something super relatable to exactly. almost anybody listening to it who's in like this day and age. Super relatable. Love that song. Another song I loved on here was Purge. I thought that um, the social commentary on here was fantastic. I won't give it all away for you guys to go. You tell you got to go check this album out. It's it's really really great. I just felt like uh, his, he worked on his flows, he worked on his craft of just creating really well-fleshed-out and um, interesting songs. Yeah. And the production palette's just fantastic. It, it's just one of the most enjoyable listens that I've had all year. Definitely an album that I think a lot of people missed. So yeah. definitely go check this one out. Boss Milky Way. I, I, I still listen to it. It came out on the like I think June or maybe even May was the yeah. release date, and I'm still listening to it now. Yeah, it's a fantastic album. I think I think uh, it was described as like the thinking man's vibe. So it's yeah. some yeah. so it's some very nice, relaxed you know songs, but still actually have some kind of depth there to to keep you invested and interested in it. You know. Okay. So moving over, you're number eight. All right, so this is uh, where I'm going to start kind of I, as if the 10th being an indie band wasn't already weird enough. Going to go down one of my weird avenues of, uh, of music. And number eight for me is Polyphia with New Levels New Devils. They are an instrumental rock group out of Dallas. They uh, usually follow a very basic math rock uh, approach to their songs the they had an album that came out a few years ago that uh, piqued my interest called muse and it was really nice it was good stuff to put on during the summer when you're kind of driving around but i really wasn't impressed because a lot of the songs sounded super similar they all seemed to even be written in the same key so when i saw this new album get released i wasn't really i don't know looking for it or like gonna dive in super quick so i wasn't didn't have a lot of buzz for me but then a lot of my friends who were into this scene kept suggesting it and suggesting it. And so I gave it a look and I was blown away by how different they finally were able to make their sound. And it's almost like they took all of those complaints of, oh, everything sounds the same. And they finally did something with it because of all genres, they started taking trap influences and including okay. them into like this math rock blend, especially in like the drums. You can hear like the classic hi-hats uh, that you, you would expect in anything trap with like the really fast little runs. And even the way that they were structuring their songs with the guitar riffs, it wasn't really as like in your face as most math rock is, where there's not really much open space between the notes. It's kind of like relentless. They really put a lot of time into spacing out all of these riffs to give it almost like a weird, eerie, like melancholy, like evil sounding feel in some of the songs. One of their songs did make it onto my top 25 
and just uh, I, I don't know the whole thing top to bottom is just kind of a f- breath of fresh air because for me math rock has been really oversaturated lately with it seems like a lot of artists making the same atmospheric spacey oh like sit back and chill out lo-fi type yeah. stuff and this is just in a completely different direction so I, I don't know anyone who likes any kind of guitar driven rock music and especially instrumental stuff polyphia new levels new devils definitely would recommend that i'll have to check that out too yeah it's it's on the uh it's on the unknown end of the spectrum so definitely give these guys some love sweet dope number sevens number seven lucky number sevens lucky number seven so this is one of your honorable mentions oh here he comes john bellion Mm -hmm. uh glory sound prep coming in at number seven on my list of the best albums of 2018 i thought this album was so beautifully crafted oh my oh I just love the, so many of the instrumentals on here, so many different sounding bl- uh, blends of sounds that he created. Um, he always has colorful production. Oh, All yeah. of his albums have been colorful. Mm-hmm. But I thought this one was the, one of the most colorful he's had, like especially on the internet in blue. Great track. Yep. Those two are like two of my more favorite tracks. I just love the instrumentals there. I won't get into too much of those because one of those tracks is on my, you know, my top 25 tracks of the year. I think he's just got so many catchy hooks. I mean, he always does. That's that was his thing. On he's this such album. a good writer, and he's written for so many other people. Mm-hmm. And he's just I such. Didn't a... even know that. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. He, that he wrote, wrote believe it or not, he wrote Monster, Eminem, really, Rihanna. Yeah, no he wrote kidding. that. Wow. He wrote, and he was even talking about as well how he, he now he's bec- on uh, one of the songs. Oh my god, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, I think it was the it was the Twami one. Oh, the, the what album. was the name of that? I can't remember the yeah, name of that track. Yeah. But he's talking about how he's now become such a wanted writer for a lot of different artists. And he wrote a song and he sold it to Christina Aguilera, but he had sent it to Beyonce as well. And Beyonce took a oh, while yeah, getting back right, to him. That's right. I and he's afraid line. now that he like burned that bridge by not waiting for to for, give it to Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah. So it's just like a really awesome. Oh, Adult Swim, that was the song. See, I thought that was about a uh, like a feature on his album. See, I had no, no idea that was about him writing no, a song. That's interesting. He wrote a song and he gave it. He, he said he gave it, gave it to. I believe it was Christina Aguilera, but he had sent it to Beyonce and a couple other artists. No and Beyonce came back wanting it after he had given it to Christina Aguilera. Wow. And he felt bad about that. He, Beyonce wanted it for one of her new artists. I think it's like this this sing singer duo. These two women, who is a duo? I can't remember the name of them either off the top of my I wouldn't know either. And he's afraid now that he's kind of broken that sort of... So I know we're going down a weird rabbit hole right now. But this is just how talent... This just speaks to how talented John Bellion really is. And if you haven't heard John Bellion, ladies, gentlemen, all ages, go check this man out. He has Mm -hmm. some fantastic pop rap, R&B soul. He brings in some jazz influences. He brings in a lot of funk, some electronic... Uh, his colorful production palette, as I've stated, is just so wide. And um, this, I actually thought he, as a rapper, going back to that song Adult Swim, yeah. Um, actually, this is one of his better uh, performances as a rapper. On yeah, this really partic- matured. Yeah, he matured as a rapper on this album, I thought. And I always thought he was more of a corny rapper, you know, before. And now I really th- I think he's been really focusing on that part he's of like his craft. Found style, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's always been my one gripe with him. Is yeah. He's not the... He's kind of a corny rapper. Mm-hmm. I've always preferred him as a singer in his production, but I thought he just showed huge major growth here. Uh, definitely one of the best albums for me of the year. Absolutely. I mean, I agree. Just the fact that it was on my honorable mentions like that, I really enjoyed it top to bottom. It was kind of my first introduction to him. I had heard that song low before. I mean, everybody heard that song low. 
um, on the last album, but like this was kind of my first big introduction to him, and I agree, like it was a it was a really nice listen, top to bottom. I've been a fan of John Bellion since Translations Through Speakers in 2011, when wow. he dropped that project. He had 900 followers. When See, I, started I had no idea he him. even was making music. Then. I'm not kidding. This is one of the guys I've been with through the, from the start. Wow. And I'm telling you, man, like this is by far his one of his best like overall albums. I really loved it. Yeah, I agree. But my number seven. Uh, I have a Chicago rapper coming in, no name, with Room 25. Huge, I, like, I like this album. Huge fan of this album. Loved it. Uh, I know Fantano loved it too. A lot of other. Oh, it's very critically really acclaimed. Liked. Yeah, critically acclaimed. I think this actually was the highest rated, either on Pitchfork or one of those websites that had, you know, like music reviewing on it. It was one, I think it was the highest rated, uh, like, female artist album of the year or something like okay. that. So wow. beat out like Casey Musgraves and Janelle Monet and Caliucci's and all of them. So I think it was the highest rated one somewhere in the upper nineties and it, it deserved it. This is her second full length album follow up to telephone, which I'm a huge fan of. That was my Christmas present to myself. I got <laughs> telephone on vinyl. And I, I don't know, all of the things that people like about No Name really, really come through in all these new songs. Things like how endearing she sounds, her unique cadences, the wacky vocal inflections. It just, everything about her is just so, I feel like, relatable in some, in some way. It's really hard to put your finger on. I found this album super poetic, and as an English teacher, yes. I loved the, just the the structure of her bars here and mm -hmm. just like I said how poetic this album was yeah well, I, it, I loved it it almost it almost gives off the impression that she was writing it as like a spoken word almost like slam a lot of it was yeah exactly. like especially like uh, blaxploitation like that whole beat is oh just so God. wild and a lot of people don't like it because they're like oh there's like no beat to follow well that wasn't really the point man I love that you song. know like it was great and that was that was one of the ones she performed on either like the late show or one of those late night shows where they have live music and like of all songs for her to pick on that album like I would have probably assumed she'd pick Ace because that song with uh, Smino and Saba was fantastic like one of my favorites of the year most artists would go out and perform that type of song to get a big popularity thing going instead she was like nope I have a platform I have a message I'm going to use this platform to deliver that message and perform my most out there song on the album but either way not going too far down that rabbit hole i would definitely check out this album her like tone her diction to like all of the like the words she's saying as she's rapping it really really just makes this super enjoyable top to bottom no name room 25 that's definitely my number seven great awesome uh going into our number sixes so we're getting pretty close to our top our top five, five. Yeah. wow uh, Although we don't want to rush there yet, you know, still give six its yeah. chance. Oh, six, six still needs uh, its due diligence. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to bring up one of your top tens. Okay. Earl Sweatshirt, some rap songs. Here I he have comes. at number six. Yep. If I think like you mentioned this a little bit earlier, if you had had a little bit more time with this, because this came out very late in the year. This was yeah. like, what, like the first, second week of December? I remember, no. Um, or was it around... I think it might have been Christmas, um, end of end of November, like very very. So maybe end like of Thanksgiving November. time. Yeah, I think like it was. right around Thanksgiving. I think it was like when we. I think we we're on Thanksgiving break or something. Okay, like that. somewhere in there. Either way, I know we didn't have a ton of time to sit down with this album, so maybe if you had given me a little bit longer, I would have had it maybe higher. But this is an album that, regardless, it took me still multiple listens to get into. Like I remember mm -hmm. uh, we had a conversation when we first it dropped and we had first listened to it. I wasn't that crazy about it. I was like, eh, it's okay. Again, you're the friggin' short album, mm -hmm. right? It just felt bare bones to me. 
And then I went back and listened to it again and again and again. And I think it must have been like the third or fourth listen where I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like it clicked for me. Yeah. And then it became it starts making sense. addicting. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't come away from it because I loved, like, like you said, a lot of the depressing and sort of anxiety ridden feelings he's had, he's just bringing up here. Mm-hmm. And it's just so engaging and it's so abrasive and all over the place. His cadences and his flows to me were just on like another level here. Um, the production is just beyond creative. Yeah. Like this is his by far most off the walls, off the wall, sort of abrasive, as I've said before, um, album, but it's also his most interesting music. I think he's made in a while and it really speaks to his growth as an artist, but also where he is as just as a person mentally. Yeah. I think it really plays to the effect of how crazy and like wacky things are going on in his brain Yeah, and just where he's at in his life. And it really just addresses so much of that. The sounds are unique. I think nothing really sounds like this. To no, be quite it's, honest. it's really different. It's, it's just really, different. really different. And I think this album works so much better as a whole than the songs do individually. Like yeah, the the uh, singles that he released were almost like a little not off-putting, but just really just different. Exactly, you couldn't tell the direction he was going with it yet because it was just a standalone song. Yes, and it, as standalone songs, I, because these songs are so damn short, like. A lot of them are maybe a minute, minute and a half. I think the longest song is like barely two and a half minutes or 245 and like whatever the case may be. Yeah, the whole thing is what, like 25 minutes or something? I think it's like like 25 minutes. minutes. Yeah, 10, 11 tracks, 25 minutes. Kind of similar to Vince Staples, but these songs to me seem a lot shorter. Yeah. And a lot less like, they're, they're sort of just like little snippets and little moments. Yeah. So he didn't really care about like ending them on like a completed note just whenever he was done with whatever that song needed to do exactly that was it and the sum of the parts is better than the you know that how they are individually like mm-hmm. how they work together as a whole for me absolutely um but i think that's what really makes this such an amazing album an amazing project is because after he puts all these different blends all these different sounds and things together we really get such a nice masterpiece of an album here yeah um Totally one of my favorite of the year. Earl Sweatshirt, some rap songs coming in at number six. If you haven't listened to this song, I mean, excuse me, if you haven't listened to this album, go check it out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, you know that I agree because that came in at number nine for me. But exactly. Number six for me this year is another one that kind of just snuck its way on within these past few weeks. It is the artist's uh, Delta Sleep and their album Ghost City. I hadn't actually heard about these guys until one of my old roommates, who I used to play some music with, suggested them to me, because I was telling him about that new Polyphia album that I was just talking about for number eight, that math rock stuff. And he was telling me, like, oh, if you really are getting sick of these new math rock sounds, and now everybody kind of is just sounding the same, more or less copying Chon's success, you should check out these guys' Delta Sleep. And the thing that made them really different for me, first and foremost, is just simply the fact that they have a vocalist in their band. So many of these artists are just pure instrumental uh, instrumental songs, which I don't have anything against that. A lot of my favorite groups are instrumental groups. Like I just mentioned Chon and then Pliny and some other guys. But a lot of it does end up taken away from the songs because it can just make them get repetitive without having something there to like listen to and like the lyrics to kind of pull you through. So just the fact that they have a lyri- like lyrics and vocals in their songs is enough. The influences that they pull into those vocals are the thing that really kind of set them apart. 
because you can hear that they had a really strong like indie and punk background going into this math rock genre which isn't really a mix that you normally see out of these types of bands. Normally you're going to see some people who all grew up listening to like Dream Theater or Progressive Rock and then they just started making super intricate music. It almost feels like these guys grew up listening to like indie, punk, rock, tons of different stuff, got really, really good at all of their respective instruments and then came together and kind of mashed it all together. Huh. Because there's like punk's aggressiveness, but there's the endearingness and like the kind of lo-fi qualities of indie music where it doesn't sound overproduced and like fake. It doesn't sound like they're studio musicians. So it still has that like raw power there behind it. I don't know. I just, I can only say good things about this album. I have gone back to it a bunch of times. To, to me, one of my friends actually said this too, that it almost sounds like the uh, the band you listen to in like your teenage angsty years yeah. after they grew up and became real musicians. They still have that like kind of angsty sound where there's like the big group vocals that come in every once in a while and almost sounds like the whole band is just yelling all at once. But it actually has some kind of musicianship to it. It's not just an angsty band that someone can listen to and like bang their head to. There's actually a lot of good stuff there. So cool. I don't know, Delta Sleep, Ghost City, number six, would recommend. Awesome. And uh, now we're at the top five. It's time. Top five. It's time. Let's just power through this stuff, man. Let's do it. Let's get it. Okay, my by far, my biggest surprise of the year. Did not at any point in time think that I would love this album as much as I do. Mm -hmm. And that it grows that it would be in the top five. Talk about Post Malone's Beer Bongs and Bentleys. Coming out, of, coming out of left field. I love this album, man. My God, I love this album. And I, I, a lot of people admit, do. Admit, well, of course. Oh, yeah. Admittably, I have never been a big Post Malone guy until about this year. I thought Post this was Post Malone's breakout year for me. I heard a couple of tracks. I heard Stony like a couple of years ago. I liked some of the songs. I didn't love all of it. I liked a lot more like the stripped back, like uh, more ballad type songs he had. And yeah, I felt like he had a lot more here. Um, that's the Post Malone that I prefer. But Post Malone's mainstream tracks are actually some of my favorites here as well. Like, I love Candy Paint. Candy Paint was my favorite. I used to I listened to that song so much mm -hmm. since it came out. Rockstar, 92 Explorer, Better Now, obviously. Even Spoil My Night has really kind of, with Sway Lee, has sort of um, you know, started to really come into play for me uh, as, I, as I've kind of consistently listened to this album. Um, but like I said, the, the more stripped back cuts are really what steal the show for me. You know, better now, stay, psycho, paranoid. Better now is a great song. Better now, yeah. Gotta admit. Um, his introspective and slower tracks are really what makes this like the masterpiece for me that it is. And he just has so many great vocal inflections, so many great harmonies and melodies. His his music is just beyond catchy, man. Like yeah. I don't know really know what to say. He's super talented. Like I was wrong about Post Malone. Like, especially early on, like the yeah. last his first few years in the game as an artist. I I don't want to say I bash him, but I you know wasn't really giving him like the credit or anything. Nah, like that, I wasn't giving him much of a chance. Yeah. And uh, I'm really interested to see the direction he goes in next because I thought this was by far his best pro like track to track project. Like very like, very few songs here that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, if any at all. And I think just the shock value of how much I love this album is why I have it so high. Yeah. And, and how often I've gone back to it is the other the other thing. So well, Post Malone, Beer Bunks, Bentley's number five, definitely 
one of my favorite albums of the year. So for me, number five uh, is an album that we actually have a episode about already. already so I won't need it. to spend a ton of time talking about <laughs> it because we already did spend a ton of time talking about it. J.I.D., DiCaprio 2, Dreamville artist, J. Cole found this kid after, I think, here in the Never, Pro- or the Never Story. That's when I found out about him too. And I just can't express how happy I am that this album is actually like making waves and catching hold and getting popular right now. Me too. If anyone deserves this like newfound fame, it's JID. He has flows, he has rhythm, he can sing, which is a shocker. That's something he was showcasing on this album a lot more. You can tell he has an ear for what's going to be catchy and what's going to make a good song. He's said again and again in interviews how dedicated to his craft he is, how like everything about his whole life has basically been building for these moments and like making sure that this happened and he always knew that it would so there's like that confidence and I just I absolutely love this album man I can't I can't say enough good things I think both of us agree this album is Fantastic! I'm sure that you'll probably be talking about it again in either one or two more spots. You, you would be right. You would be right if that I would actually. It's so funny. You keep bringing up all these albums that keep popping up on mine too. So, so you know what? In the sense of time, I'll just kind of leave this just where it is, and we can talk more about it when we, we come to it yeah. in your list. Well, we've talked about it so much already. Exactly. It's so good. If you haven't heard our review about it, go check out our, our episode two, our review on DiCaprio mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to hear more about us talking about this album, yep. But so good. Seriously, the flows, the beat everything top to bottom fantastic album one of the best rap albums of the year if not my favorite rap album of the year number five jid dicaprio cool all right number four so we're getting we're getting close we're getting there we're We're getting getting there there. uh flatbush zombies really vacation in hell okay i freaking love this project oh my god i've been listening to this since it came out i haven't stopped listening to it one of my best friends and and i we saw them at the house of blues uh, perform a lot of this album back in April and my god it just like really brought this whole thing to life uh, it's by far one of my favorite um, traditional New York rap albums in the last few years to be quite honest um, the beats are just banging Michi, Eric Arc Elliott and Zombie Juice just have so much chemistry they flow in and out of these tracks um, you know the first half is just banger after banger with Chunky and Vacation and Headstone Big Shrimp Facts with Jada Kiss, which is just a freaking anthem. I love that song. Um, and then a lot of the deeper cuts as well really were very, a lot more soulful and heartfelt and a little more vulnerable, which I feel like the Flatbush Zombies haven't gone in that direction ever. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy to see that they did. Um, you and I is a great track. It's a little more mainstream, has a little more mainstream appeal. Uh, Ask Courtney, um, Trapped, which I'll talk about in... Uh, Top 25, spoiler alert. And then um, You Are My Sunshine, which is the uh, ASAP Yams tribute song that Michi yeah. Darko did because they were so close. And I just loved the just how beautiful the instrumental on that is. Michi Darko has just so much raw emotion in that song. Uh, it was really a great way to close out the project. Denzel Curry shows up on here with a great verse on the back end of the song. Uh, Glory, uh, back end of the album as well. Despite how long this album is, and again, like we talked about, the short this is the year of the short album. Um, I thought it was their most well structured and uh, biggest, best quality to really date because they have had a lot of their projects have always been typically very long and have only normally only picked out, you know, maybe half the songs where I'm like, okay, these are freaking awesome. And the rest I'd kind of just fall by the wayside. 
I don't feel like this album really overstayed its welcome. I think the style is very varied and a little, they kind of stepped out of their comfort zone a little bit as well. And the production just sounds so big here and, and glamorous in a lot of different ways. Uh, I, not an, I can't say enough about this album, how much I really love it. Um, Michi Darko is one of my favorite rappers actually in the game right now. I just love his vocal cadences and his vocal inflection. I just find him to be so engaging. I need to I need to give them a bigger shot. I think I've only really ever listened to uh, Odyssey, like one track by them. Yeah, see, um, this blows Odyssey out of the water for me. Okay, it's a much better album, top to bottom. I'll have to give it a check. I'll have to check uh, it out. I kept coming back to it all year. So, Vacation in Hell, Flatboy Zombies. If you like really aggressive hardcore rap, with some also some nicer. You know, emotional touches towards the back end. Um, give this album a listen if you're a hip hop fan and you missed it because it's really, really good. Awesome, sounds good. I'll have to put that onto my list. Now, my number four is going down the more uh, like jazz, I would say, uh, like realm of things. There's a band called Ripe. They released an album called Joy in the Wild Unknown this year. And almost as their like album title says, they are wildly unknown. They're out of Boston, Mass. They are some Berkeley grads, and they put out some absolute gems. Like I can't, I can't even really describe the feeling of the live shows that I've been at for these bands. Like it, it's unreal the amount of energy that they can portray in their music, and just the way that they use the instruments and everything. I mean, naturally, being Berkeley grads, you know that they're all going to be really skilled at whatever instrument they end up uh, they end up choosing. I first heard them, there was an EP called Hey Hello that came out a couple years ago with a track called Goon Squad. I think it popped up on my like Spotify Discover playlist. And I've kind of been in love with them ever since because they just have un- unbelievably catchy uh, songwriting. Their lyrics and everything are always really relatable because they come from almost the same era that we're growing up in. So it's things that we can all relate to. And at the same time, they have infectious bass lines. Their guitarist is super tasteful with where he knows how to put licks in and when to kind of hold back. Their horn section is probably, I would say, even the highlight of their band. Their horn section is... I love horn sections. Oh, so, this is, so this is more of like a jazzy... This is like jazzy, poppy, funky, upbeat. Uh, like These guys are something else. I... Uh, even if you're the type of person who hates dancing with a passion and has diagnosed yourself with two left feet, this will make you want to get up and start moving. Like this, this it's almost impossible to sit there without nodding your head along to it. I I can't say enough good things about this album. Stretch your neck out before you listen, because otherwise you're gonna pull something and one of those <laughs> one of those muscles back there. I love it. If you can catch them live, I think they're playing Firefly. I know they do tours all the time. And if you see them live, you'll probably see me there because I'm going to go to every single show I have the chance to go to. Ripe, Join the Wild Unknown, fantastic pop funk jazz album. Great. Top three. The top three albums it's of 2018. Down, it's narrowing uh, down. My number three, I'm going to keep nice and short and simple because, again, we did a full review on this album, mm-hmm. episode two. Mm-hmm. You've already talked about this album in your top five. Yep. This is my number three album of the year. Jid, J-I-D, DiCaprio 2. Uh, just waves. go listen to the review. I'm not going to sit here and talk any more about it than I think. I've said enough about it than I already have. This album's freaking amazing. If you haven't mm-hmm. given this a listen already, you're just you're just being defiant and you're sleeping. <laughs> it, 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 especially, it's, yeah, you're just being defiant. If you like hip-hop <laughs> and you haven't listened to this... You have no excuse. You have there's no excuse to no listen to this album. Anymore. None. So, DiCaprio t- uh, 2, J-I-D, coming in at number 3 on my top... Albums of the year. 
Go check it out. I will say one thing that I just found out, uh, I think yesterday, is BET named him their Rookie of the Year, which is Thank pretty you. cool. Thank like, you. That's pretty cool. Thank you. He and deserves it. He does. And he had that album, that he, or not album, uh, video just made by Cole Bennett from Lyrical Lemonade, and he's kind of like the big... Uh, director for music videos right now he's worked with like ski mask and stuff so it's really cool to see guys who already have mainstream appeal now working with jid to kind of help him bridge that gap big things i think to come from him definitely deserving of that number three spot Mm -hmm. my number three uh one that i didn't really expect to be this high up on the list until i finished making my list and just couldn't reasonably put it behind anything else georgia smith lost and found so she kind of snuck up on me. Great album. Well, I first heard it, Great I think, album. with uh, her mix with Predator, the song On My, on my mind. mind. I heard that first. Oh, my first, God, I and, love that song. Oh, it, was, it like immediately kind of like cemented a spot in my heart. If that came out in 2018, that would be probably my number one song of 2018. Dude, but it was 2017. 2017. I know. So I but so Lost and Found. She's got pipes. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. She can and, sing, man. And the thing about her that really impresses me is that, especially when you see her sing live, it doesn't look like she's putting any effort into it. And a lot of singers and like accomplished musicians will say, when you get to that level, it's supposed to feel effortless. So that kind of really shows how much time she's spent dedicated to honing her vocal like tones and everything to make it to the point where she can sit up there without almost any facial motion and it's like the most gorgeous sounding singing you can imagine. This is her first full-length project. Um, It did include two tracks off of her previous EP in Blue Lights and Where Did You Go, two of my favorite tracks on the album. The whole thing is just super like lush and kind of enveloping uh, production. It really feels like warm, but at the same time kind of melancholy. There's definitely a lot of sadder tones on this album. Um, so if you're looking for, you know, a good cry, you can put this album on and get that get that out of your system. Something in the feels. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yep. But no, it's it's fantastic pop, and I'm usually not someone to say that I'm really big into pop music or vocal-driven pop music, but this album kind of blew me away. You'll be serenaded top to bottom. Her voice is, like, it'll, you'll hear it echoing throughout your head for weeks afterwards. Definitely would check out this album. So number three, Georgia Smith, Lost and Found. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I love that album too. Uh, tough to not put it on my honorable mentions or even throw it in the top ten. But yeah. Um, yeah, an album I definitely loved as well. Definitely has a certain um, style. It does. I don't it does. know if it fits it well. My, yeah, see, I loved that album. I can appreciate it. My taste doesn't always pertain like i loved it in spurts but it wasn't something i was coming back to constantly but i I just oh my god she's there are certain tracks of hers that i i love fantastic so anyway um number two top two number two denzel curry taboo denzel curry in my opinion had one of the best years a hip-hop artist could probably have he Mm -hmm. was everywhere his album this album man oh my god it's it's incredible it's absolutely incredible um he was featured, like I said, he was featured on a ton of projects. Earlier in the year, he did um, a project with Lord Lucian, who is a producer, and he was on there as well. I've always been a fan of Denzel Curry. I've always felt, though, the biggest gripe I've always had with him is that he didn't know how to be not aggressive all, all the time. The time. Like, yeah, just like it was, up. it was just hype, 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 hype. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. how his. Style always was. Well, and people kind of originally knew him for too. Just exactly. From, that, from the meme. And it was fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was fine in that sort of mindset. You know what I mean? It, it works in spurts. 
But to really be an artist, you have to be a little more than just hype. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and I felt like Taboo did that for me. It had everything. And I loved the three-part concept he had here, the light, uh, gray, and dark concept, how he kind of yeah. broke up the album. The light had a lot more, uh, like, the mainstream tracks. The gray was a little bit more heavier with some uh, political and social commentary and subject matter. And then the, the back end was more the dark aggressive Denzel that everybody knows but a lot for, yeah. but it had a lot more personality and it uh, wasn't just like aggressive for being aggressive exactly it had a purpose 100% some of these tracks dude I just oh my god I, I come back to constantly so the deeper cuts to like Taboo Sirens Cloud Cobain had a, mm -hmm. some of the easily some of his best subject matter that he's had on any kind of songs in his career um and then his energy and his flows were just like on point top notch here with Sumo. Super Saiyan Superman might be the greatest like piece of flow pattern on a song that we saw all year and might have seen in the last couple of years. Like it is just so freaking good, man. I definitely appreciate uh, that Dragon Ball Z reference. Super Saiyan Superman. Oh, oh yeah, my God. That song, I would bump at the... I, listen, some of these songs, I, I'm gushing over this album. I, know, I, I don't know what else to say about it. Perks, Vengeance... Some of these other tracks were just had such great appeal in terms of like if you're gonna go to the gym or you need you're like about a to pick hit new PRs. You know? Yeah. Oh my God. You, this is just the songs you want. But then again, like I said, he had a lot of more stripped back and just lusher production that yeah. really gave it just rounded this out to be such a fantastic listen. Well, uh, um, I know that Billie Eilish and uh, Hippie Sabotage both did a little bit of producing on this album. Too, yeah, which probably exactly. Kind of contributed to that. So it brought, like I said, yeah, you like you're saying, the more that brought the more lush production in. Yeah. Um, that he was missing, I think, in a lot of his previous projects. Yeah, it's a little degrading. Exactly. Listen, I just found myself coming back to this all year long. I think this is a damn near, near flawless project. Not a song on here I don't yeah. like. Uh, or excuse me, love really huge um, huge verse from JID too huge verse. Yeah, from JID. I'll get to that in my top twenty five. Oh yeah, oh, well, it's another spoiler. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, whatever. At this point, we're just spoiling. Yeah, we're just giving whole... you incentive, you know, to come back. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, Denzel Curry taboo. I tough to not put it number one, but I it feel was you. it was two. I feel you. Strong, strong year for Denzel Curry. I'll have to give it more of a listen. I'll have to give it more of a listen. I think I might have been turned away at first because of my almost like preconceived notion of yeah, him being super aggressive like history you said. With Denzel. So now I feel like I have to kind of give it it's a, a fair shot, you know, and especially if you're holding it in super high regards, I'm sure that I'm in for a treat and anybody else who hasn't listened to it yet, you're going to be in for something listening to this uh, to this project. But what, now What's your number 2? My number 2, I actually won't have a lot to say about only because of how short the album itself is. I have Tierra Whack with Whack World. You've mentioned it before. This is you? yeah, this is I like I still can't wrap my mind around making something like this. So to explain, every single song on this album, top to bottom, is 60 seconds long. Every single one. There's just one minute. There's 15 of them in a row. So the whole album is 15 minutes. So I don't really have a lot to really touch on because there wasn't a lot of material really there for me to pull from. But that being said, some of these songs, just only being 60 seconds long, 
feel like a full fleshed out like full song experience which is really difficult to do in such a short amount of time there's one track called hungry hippo where there's like a really endearing and catchy little like hook that starts the song off about some guy like complimenting her on her pearls or something and she gives this like really sassy response of like thanks i designed it and then it goes right into like a verse where she has some really nice flows has some nice lyrics that play off of that whole uh, expensive theme from the hook and then it closes out with another hook it literally feels like a full song but it was only a minute long and then other ones are so catchy that you get to the end of that minute and you're like no like I want more so I'm really excited for whenever her first full length album comes out because she has great hooks on a bunch of songs she has really really cool flows on a lot of songs the style that she uses from song to song changes dramatically there's like one song where she puts on some like fake country accent for some reason for half of one of the verses literally makes no sense why but then you're listening to it like okay i can get into this and other songs it almost sounds like she's rapping with like a mouthful of marbles it's it's like it's so <laughs> it's so low and kind of like mumbled and it's supposed to be really dark and eerie yeah. i just i i kept coming back to this because of it was so easy to listen to like like i said 15 minutes top to bottom you can get through this in your commute to and from work like three times probably and especially if you get the chance, I would watch the music video that goes along with this album. I think I mentioned that in my recommendations last week or the week before. Um, if you can watch the music video, I think it really kind of drives home this whole idea of the style changing from song to song. I just, I love this album. I'm super excited to see where she goes. Tierra Whack, Whack World. Give it a shot. Awesome. Cody. And we're here. Number one albums. We've made it. We've made it to number one albums. Number one albums. My number one album should not be a surprise to anybody that knows me really well. And I will say this. I was worried before this album came out of how I would like it, to be quite honest. And I'm talking about, of course, Brockhampton's Iridescence. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you a little background. Brockhampton's my favorite group right now. They're doing everything right. I just love the makeup of their group. I think they have every possible element that a boy band or even a group, a musical could group, for, yeah. could hope for and need and want. Um, and but the but the biggest thing, obviously, at the start of this year or towards the beginning of this year, was the obviously the Amir Van sexual assault scandal, which was tough because personally, for the Saturation series, like I always loved Amir Van. Amir Van was maybe one of my favorite rapper yeah. out of anybody in the group. Um, so for those of you that don't know Brockhampton, it's a group of about 15 guys. Seven guys that do vocals, so singers and rappers, and the rest are sort of like production. Like behind the scenes Behind the scenes guys, type yeah. guys, right? But they're all part of the group. And Brockhampton brought out three albums last year. They were all fantastic. I've been hooked on them since the get. They're just, they have such a diverse sound, and they've hit, they hit so many diverse sounds in their music. And, but Amir Van was really the one, was the gruff, tough, gangster sort of rapper that they had, and it really brought that element to them. Oh, oh, and the other thing I'll bring up with them as well, is they're also diverse in not only their sound, but their group and their message, because you know a few of the guys in this group are gay, a few are black, a few are white, a few are Hispanic. I know. I believe. I believe they're DJs, Muslim. So they're just like this melting pot. Like tons of backgrounds. It's know? really great. Oh my yeah. god! And I think it really plays to 2018 and where we are. Where hopefully where we want to be and where we want to be at in our society, where we're accepting of everybody. Yeah, big themes of multiculturalism. Exactly. And, and so they just they hit everybody that they possibly could with their group, 
And unfortunately, you know, what the controversy surrounding Amir Van, you know, really brought a lot of that to the, you know, to the forefront and said, okay, Brockhampton, what are you going to do? You're going to keep him around? You're going to kick him out? Yeah. And they obviously got rid of him. Yeah. um, Which I think now is, well, regardless of musically whether it was the right decision, morally, of course it was the right decision. Personally, music-wise, I wasn't it's sure. A little concerning because you you liked the aspects he brought to the songs. Right? Exactly, and just he doesn't now all of this coming out. It doesn't play into their message at all. So he needed to go. It yeah. was he needed to leave the group. It was the right call, but it let yeah, like you said, left me wondering where they were going to go next with their sound now that Amir was gone. Yeah, it kind of left like a vacuum that ex- someone needed to fill in that role. Exactly, and I'd seen them a couple of times um, live. And I saw them at Boston Calling, and it was tough. That was right after, right after, right after they broke. had got Amir out, exactly. And it was just tough to watch them be in such disarray. Yeah. And the performance really affected it. So I wasn't sure where they were going to go, but oh my God, did they come out and blow me away. Again, yeah. again, as Brockhampton always does. I mean, stylistically, it's the most diverse and engaging album of the year, in my opinion. And it's not even close. Um, I love how many sounds that they hit on this album. It's just mind-blowing. And you just never know what you're going to get from track to track. And yeah. even within the, the same track, you don't even know what you're going to get. They switch the style on you completely. Mm-hmm. They switch the sound. They, they, they have these all these beat switches that are just so... And all their songs are just so layered. Um, well, I think that's kind of a testament to like how many people are in the group all contributing their ideas to it. Exactly. You know? It's just the surprise factor is on this album is amazing. And you bring up a great point as well just now is all these guys, all these creative minds in one room, you would think that they would get in the way of each other, right? Yeah. Or that stylistically that they wouldn't mesh or they wouldn't they wouldn't have that chemistry. They do. They manage they to do. do. Yeah. They do. I don't know how they do it and how they all stay so humble in mm-hmm. their well, sort that's of, exactly it, yeah. Yeah. It, it's really quite amazing. Uh, from the hardcore rap bangers they have on here like New Orleans and Jover and Berlin to some of the more abrasive and electronic sort of grunge influences like Where the Cash At. District is a freaking insane song. I mean, just the... The, the different sounds like the police sirens and bells and whistles they throw on this song uh, very Death Grips-esque in that sense and then they have some like great intro- introspective and soulful cuts like Tonya Thug Life something about him where they where Kevin Abstract comes in and, and they he puts a lot of those vocal um, inflections and different cadences on his on uh, filters excuse me on yeah. his voice really uh, brings out the auto tune and that really brings a lot of passion with that song Wait where Kevin Ashrack, oh, where Kevin Ashrack's coming in and talking about his, um, you know, him coming out of the closet, you mm-hmm. know, his his struggle with, you know, I'm not like everybody else, I, or like the rest of my friends, like that talk about liking women, like I went to go hook up with this girl and I didn't feel anything, like yeah. what's wrong with me type thing, you know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. And oh my god, just then the country influence of San Marcos, the anthem that Fabric is as a song. When we saw that, when me and my friend we saw that. Um, that album played live a couple months ago the place went ballistic to fabric mm-hmm. I mean this album just literally it just is something for everybody their overall message is unparamounted their style is unparamounted there's there's nothing bad I can say about this album every song is just a hit yeah it, they're fantastic man and if you haven't checked out Brockhampton please do because uh, I could go on and on about Brockhampton. Anybody that knows me knows I am just the biggest Brockhampton stan. Yeah. Uh, Brockhampton Iridescence is my number one album, and it's not even close. So, I mean, what I can kind of share with that is that for me, it wasn't even close picking this number one album. 
I think that you were able to guess it like weeks ago because oh, I yeah. just only talk about this album all the time. Yeah. This one is Care For Me by Saba, Chicago rapper. I just I have listened to this album top to bottom an unfathomable amount of times this year. There was a lot of commutes that I was doing going from here down to New York to visit an ex and every time I was doing this commute like that's that's a hefty bus ride you know that's probably like what five hours or something like that sitting yeah. on a bus and this was always the album that kind of got me like into and out of the buses I'd like put it on getting on the T going in towards the buses I would put it on when I was about an hour away from getting back so when I'm like walking up out of uh, Port Authority in New York I have Saba playing through so it had a lot of sentimental value for me for that just for kind of helping me get through like all that time just kind of sitting there but I think that almost uh, was a testament to how really perfectly flowing this album was to me and that was something that I really really like in music in general is when you can tell that one track is influencing the next one is influencing the next one exactly that it all was one big piece all these pieces to the create this puzzle exactly like it's it's one big artistic painting that he was trying to make with this project and to me, it was almost trying to give us a glimpse into his life as growing up in Chicago and the things that he would have experienced and would have seen. A lot of this album uh, is centered around his relationship with his late cousin Walter and how they kind of got their starts uh, rapping with each other and everything, especially on the track Prom King, which is an unreal showcase of storytelling. I haven't seen storytelling like that in a song in quite a while honestly it's it kind of takes us all the way through his relationship with his cousins starting for helping each other out with like getting a date for prom and like paying for tuxedos and stuff and then it goes through this whole progression that ends unfortunately with them basically getting a call from who I'm assuming was Walter's mom or somebody really close to Walter asking if they had been able to like find him or see him recently and that's when they ended up ultimately finding out that he had been stabbed over something as petty as his coat and that coat even gets a bunch of mentions in this album of like oh I saw Walter buy that coat which I could switch it with mine so there's a lot of really deep lyricism in this album that gives you enough to kind of sink your teeth into if you're kind of looking for that depth but there's also enough right on the surface value with the smooth instrumentals there's a ton of guitar samples in here which as a guitarist myself like I can always appreciate that there are piano samples, which I've mentioned a million times. Easy way to win me over. There's vocal samples, another way to win me over. This this basically hit every single preference that I have in like rap music perfectly. Like this this to me was if you're trying to make a chill rap album, this is kind of like the standard of what it should follow. I could go on about this forever, like talking about each song individually. The it's it's just great care for me number one album for me not even a close contest with anything else like i loved this album best albums of the year for us saba care for me yep brockhampton iridescence mm-hmm. if anything from what we've said you need to go listen to yeah, it's these two projects these albums. for sure i like definitely loved care for me as well um i had an appreciation for it um Again, can't say that it was on a top 20 for me, but yeah. loved it. I can see why it's number one for oh. you, as I'm sure you can see yeah. why Brockhampton Iridescence exactly. is number one for me. There's just something for everybody on Brockhampton's Iridescence to love. Whatever kind of music you love, you'll love Iridescence. If you love storytelling and rich, layered mm-hmm. production, 
you'll love care. You'll for love me. care for me. Yep. So it's something for everybody. Exactly. So that's about it. That's We've, about it. We made it. We made it through 2018 just barely. Got some damn good music out of it, at least. I think know? this was a really good year for music. Yeah. I do. I, and especially not only hip-hop, but just music in general. This was a really good good year. So, yeah, that's our, those are our top al- uh, yeah. top albums of 2018. Please give us a follow on mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram, at Turntable Teachers. On our uh, finals week post, what were your favorite albums of the year? Did you love any of the albums that we talked about? Did you hate any of the albums that we talked about? Exactly. I would love to hear why, because I want to, you know, get some alternating perspectives. Yep. Is there something you liked that we didn't talk about and that you're really offended that we didn't put it on our top 20 lists? I want to hear it and see if I should have put it on my top 20 list. If you're upset that it's not there, I'd probably be upset that it's not there. So let us know. Yeah. Give us your top five, top 10, whatever you want on the comments section on our our finals week post. Mm -hmm. That's at Turntable Teachers on Instagram. Uh, yeah. As always, find any of this music in the playlists on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, it'll have to be a little bit different this time. Obviously, we're talking about full albums, so I think we'll just do one song each. Well, maybe we can, yeah, maybe a couple of our favorite tracks from each each album. Throw, yeah, I think that's what we'll probably end up doing yeah. for that. No? I think yeah, that's we'll, smart. we'll do one yeah. that's like Cody's top 10, one from Mike's top 10, maybe yeah. just all together for the honor roll or something. Yeah. Either way, you, there'll be playlists you can definitely easily find that'll have out. all this stuff like chunked out with all of our favorite tracks from each one for your listening pleasure okay so there you go top 10 albums 2018 i'm mike i'm cody we are the turntable teachers and class is dismissed